0: Assalamu alaikum alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa This is your brother Hussein Kamani. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please donate to Qalam by visiting supportqalam.com. We love being able to share this content for free and your donation ensures we are always able to do so. Each podcast we produce has thousands of listeners, so the opportunity for gaining immense reward by supporting our efforts is endless. You never know who will be able to benefit from your donation. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept and jazakumullahu khairan. Assalamu alaikum. على عباده in today's class we will discuss one or two incidents that are mentioned in the Quran regarding the life of sayyidina Musa alayhi salam and also, hopefully today, conclude this story, so in our next class we can continue with the next prophet. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala in Surah Qasas, with some detail, mentions the story of Musa alayhi salam and Qarun. Allah Azza wa says in the Quran, "Inna Qarun kana min qawmi Musa," that indeed Qarun was from the family of Musa alayhi salam. He was from the people of Musa alayhi salam. The Mufassirun have differed in opinion on what the exact relationship was. What they know that it was some, some sort of a relationship, what the exact relationship between these two was is differed though, however. Imam Al-Kalbi rahimahullah ta'ala says, ammi Musa alayhi salam. That Qarun was actually the cousin of Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam. And then he shares the lineage and shows how the two meet together. Ibn Abbas says, That he was actually the son of the aunt, the maternal aunt of Sayyidina Musa. Some say that Qarun's actually name was Munawwar, someone whose face is enlightened because he was very beautiful in features. وَكَانَ أَقْرَأَ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ He was very well versed when it came to the Torah. He understood um, the Old Testament very well. إِلَّا أَنَّهُ كَمَا However, even though he had a lot of knowledge, that knowledge did not help him from corruption in his faith. Just as what happened with Musa as samiri who we discussed in the previous classes. He was a follower of Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam, but unfortunately due to circumstances, ended up taking the wrong path and deviated and ultimately was punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Qarun was a special person and was also a righteous person. Abu Umam al-Bahili radiallahu ta'ala narrates from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, كان قارون من السبعين المختارة الذين سمعوا كلام الله. As we discussed, that there were 70 people that Musa salam selected and took them to hear the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And from those 70 people that were selected was Qarun. Meaning he was from the select few, the special few. Those who were well-versed, those who were knowledgeable, those who understood. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, "Inna kana min qawmi Musa, alayhim." He transgressed against them. He repelled and turned against them. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he turned against them, what does this actually mean? Some of the ulama, they say that there are many possibilities of his turning against his people, his being ungrateful. Ahaduha, one of them is, anahu bagha bi sabab malihi wa baghihu anahu istakhafa bil fuqarai walam yara'lahum haqqal iman wala'avhamahum ma'akathrati amwalihi That what happened was that He started looking down upon the poor people. He wouldn't assist them, he wouldn't help them, he wouldn't take into consideration that these people were believers in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and wouldn't spend on them. Therefore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described this transgression transgression in the Qur'an as فَبَغَى عَلَيْهِمْ وَالثَّانِي Some ulama they say the other meaning of بَغَى عَلَيْهِمْ that he turned against his people is أَيْ أَنَّهُ بَغَى عَلَيْهِمْ مِّنَ الظُّلْمُ it is said that Fir'aun appointed him as someone that would watch over Banu Israel. Fir'aun appointed people from Banu Israel to watch over those people. And rather than sympathizing with them, showing mercy to them, being kind to them, he ended up becoming one of those people that oppressed his people. He became one of the oppressors from the people who assisted Fir'aun on oppressing Banu Israel. This is another um, explanation. Some ulema, they say, عَلَيْهِمْ أي قَالَ الْقَفَّالِ Imam Qaffal rahmatullahi alayhi says, اَيْ طَلَبَ الْفَضْلَ عَلَيْهِمْ وَيَكُونُ تَحْتَ yadihi. What Qarun did was, Allah blessed him with a lot of wealth. So immediately he tried to establish his dominance. He tried to prove that he was above the people and everyone else in Bani Israel was under him. People with wealth tend to do this sort of thing by the way. They like to establish their dominance. That because I have money, everyone else who doesn't have money needs to look up to me. They need to respect me. They need to make sure they don't park where I park. There was once a masjid that I went to and in the parking lot, there was a brother who pulled in with a Rolls Royce and another person, he pulled in with whatever car he had and he took the parking spot. And the brother in the Rolls Royce got very angry. He sent his driver, he wasn't driving it himself, obviously you don't drive a Rolls Royce. He sent his driver and said, go and tell that guy to move his car because I deserve the spot. And I heard them, the two quarreling. I was in the parking spot, a parking area. And when asked why he deserves a spot, he said, because I'm driving a Rolls. This was, uh, this was his reasoning that I'm driving a Rolls Royce. So I deserve the spot. You shouldn't be parking here. You can go park your car somewhere else. This spot, this spot isn't for you. So this was, uh, another form of transgression of Qarun that he tried to establish himself, his dominance over others just because he had, um, just because he had wealth. Now, Qarun, even though he was knowledgeable and he was someone close to Musa unfortunately, jealousy got the worst of him. His jealousy wasn't with Musa directly, rather it was with Harun He felt that if Musa needed a helper to face Fir'aun, he should have selected Qarun, not Harun. Similarly, after they were freed from Fir'aun and they crossed through the water, and they came to the other side on safety, Musa granted some of the very special, very highly honorable responsibilities to Harun He made him responsible of all the sacrifices. In the people of Musa whenever they made a sacrifice, they would present it to their prophet or their leader. That leader would gather all of the sacrifices together, a fire would come and eat all those sacrifices. And so this was the responsibility of Sayyidina Harun And Qarun was jealous, that not only did he not get the responsibility, but whenever he was told to make a sacrifice, he would have to give it to the person that he was jealous most of. He would have to go and give it to Harun. Imagine how hard that must have been on him. And this was something naturally he couldn't um he couldn't digest. So what did he do? <laughs> so Karun, when he couldn't he couldn't handle this, going to the person that he was jealous of and giving him money, he left. Banu Israel. He left the people. He kind of went to the side and established his own little community. These were, you know, he had his wealth and there were some followers of his. They began to live together. Musa he wouldn't come to Musa, السلام, neither would he take the company of Musa. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes Qarun how wealthy he became in the Quran. Allah says that. وَآتَيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْكُنُوزِ And we had granted him from treasures, not kunz. What does the Qur'an say? Kunuz. Plural. Jama' We didn't give him one treasure, but minal kunuz. The ulama they say, the reason why the Qur'an uses the word jama' and not wahid, not kunz, it uses kunuz, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not give him one type of wealth, He gave him all types of wealth. You know, some people, Allah gives them success in the restaurant industry. And they're very good in that industry and they become very wealthy through that. Another person gets wealthy through selling cars. They're very good at that. That's what they make wealth in. Another person makes a lot of money through textiles. Someone makes it through agriculture. But when it came to Qarun, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him success not in one field but in, in everything. Allah granted him treasures. His treasures were such. Ma inna mafatihahu means his, the keys of which ubil A group of people could not carry them. A group of people. Usbah refers to a minimum of 10 people. As we find in Surah Yusuf, um, they said to their father Yaqub usba. That you don't trust us with our brother and we are an usbah. Usbah refers to a group of how many people at minimum? 10. So his, the keys to his treasures were carried by 10 people. And not just any 10 people, ul They were gym-goers, protein shake guys. You know, like these guys were muscle heads. So, uh, uh, مَا لتنوء Now the ulama differ in opinion that um, what does this mean when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that um, that a group of people could not lift the keys. Some people they argue and they say that it doesn't make sense that he would have so many keys. This statement seems to be illogical. Such heavy and so many keys. One of the arguments they say, the reason is because awalu al They say that one person cannot have so much wealth. I mean try to think of this for a moment. He had so much wealth that the keys of which were carried by a group of strong men. That's what the Qur'an is saying. Does that sound logical? So that the people who object against this ayah, they present this one argument. That <laughs> That even if you were to have a whole city full of Treasures, you wouldn't need so many keys that are dragged by a group of strong men So this is an argument So what's the purpose of having so many keys? The second argument they present is أَنَّ الْكُنُوزَ, أن الكنوز هِيَ الْأَمْوَالُ المدخرة فِي الأرض. فَلَا يَجُوزُ أَن يكون لها مفاتيح. They say the word kunus, the word kunz, generally refers to A treasure and therefore, they're deducing that this is a treasure that's in the earth and if there's a treasure underneath the earth, you don't have a key to safeguard it. Does that make sense? If there's a treasure underneath the earth, you don't need a key to? You don't need a key to safeguard it. أَنَّ الْكُنُوزَ هِيَ المدخرة فِي الْأَرْضِ فَلَا يَجُوزُ يَكُونَ لَهَا Imam al razi answers both of these objections. The first objection he says, number one, he says that when a person's wealth is actually in product not in cash, it's very possible that they will need so many keys to safeguard it. does that make sense to you? now on one side I have a lot of cash, I won't need so much space to store it. but let's say for example instead of having a hundred dollars, okay I'll give you an example. let me give an example to you. How much space do I need to store $100? Nothing. It's a paper, small piece of paper. Now, how much space do I need to store the bananas equivalent to $100? I need space now. You know? And naturally, for every type of product that I own, I'm going to need a separate space so that way the accounting can be done properly, it can be monitored properly, there's no cross-contamination. Therefore, each one is going to need a separate location, separate space, and now you can see how the keys would increase. Imam Al razi gives this first explanation. The second thing that Imam Ghazali sorry, Imam Al Raziyah Alaih says. <laughs> the second thing he says, yes, it is true that the word kanz refers to a natural treasure, something that's in the ground. But generally speaking, the word kanz can also refer to any treasure. Anywhere where you have a lot of wealth in one place, you can also call that a kunz. So for example, they'll refer to a scholar who has a lot of wealth as a treasure. A treasure box. But this person is a scholar. Because he has so much in one place, they'll call that person a treasure box. Or this book is a treasure. Because that book has so much information. So the word "kuns" can be used to refer to any abundance of, of wealth or possession in one place, you can call that a qanz. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after mentioning how wealthy Qarun was, says in the Quran, to, to Qarun, la tafrah إِنَّ اللَّهَ la يُحِبُّ الفارحين. Now, some scholars say that this was Musa alayhi salam's statement to Qarun. This was Musa alayhi salam's statement. He said to Qarun, la tafrah. La tafrah means don't be. What was that? Happy, Happy here? That? Excited. That? Yeah, that's the one. La tafrah, la tata don't be arrogant inna allah la allah does not like those who are allah does not like the mutakabirun those people who are arrogant allah doesn't like arrogant people having wealth is one thing if allah gives you wealth alhamdulillah use it for good give sadaqa help the fuqarah. there's so much you can do with a lot of wealth what allah doesn't like is when people get wealth and they all of a sudden start thinking that, that those who don't have wealth are lower than them sometimes what will happen is in the community there are some folks who have good professions and the, when they look at those who don't have the same profession as them, they start looking down. That these are poor people. These are the fuqara of the community. hawla illa billah. La tafrah inna la Some ulama, they say that the word la tafrah, almuradu bihi la yulḥiqhu min al batr. That do not let any arrogance come into your life. Another explanation. Like Malik mentioned here, is literal. La tafrah, don't be happy. Some scholars have translated this ayah not as arrogance, but they've translated it how? Simple. Fariha yafrah means to be happy. La tafrah, don't be happy. So if, it's, if Allah is telling him don't be happy, why is Allah telling Qarun not to be happy? The answer to that. أنه لا يفرح بالدنيا إلا من رضي بها إليها. فأما من يعلم أنه سيفارق الدنيا عن قريب لم يفرح بها. وما أحسن ما قار المتنبي في سرور تيقن He says that why would a person be happy? A person is only happy once they are content with something, once they're at peace with something. But don't you know that all the treasures you have in this world, you will leave them very soon. And in the hereafter, they may not translate into anything. If you come to Allah with the earth full of gold, right? Uh, if a person came to Allah with the earth full of gold, what meaning would that have to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Would that mean anything to Allah? It would mean nothing to Allah. So why are you so happy over your wealth in the world when it doesn't necessarily translate into wealth with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And the mutanabbi, the famous Arabi poet, he quotes him where mutanabbi said, "Ashadul ghammi indi fi sururin. أَشَدُّ الْغَمِّ عِنْدِي فِي سُرُورٍ تَيَقَنَ عَنْهُ That the worst form of grievance for me is at a joy that the person who is experiencing is definite, it will leave them. Do you guys understand? أَشَدُّ الْغَمِّ عِنْدِي فِي سُرُورٍ The worst form or the most severe form of um, depression, sadness for me is in a joy. فِي سُرُورٍ Is Isn't a... Happiness. What kind of happiness? That the person experiencing that joy knows that it's going to leave me. It's kind of like a person. Mutanabbi is saying, "I feel sorry for a guy who's excited about driving a rental car." What is Mutanabbi saying? I feel sorry for a dude who's all excited because he's driving a rental car. Because what happens after three days, guys? You got to return it. And once you return the car, you walk away and you're no longer driving or whatever you were driving yesterday. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Karun a lot of wealth. He became arrogant as well. Somebody actually say that he refused to give zakat to Musa salam. He said, I won't give to you anymore. His jealousy reached a point. Sometimes when a person has so much wealth, they begin to believe they're above even the Prophets of Allah. Sometimes when a person has so much wealth, they begin to believe they're even above Allah. Allah can't do anything to me. Because Allah has nothing to do with it. And they forget about their past. That just yesterday when you were trying to get a job, who did you ask for help to get that job? You asked Allah. Yesterday when you invested your money, who did you ask to give barakah in your investment? You asked Allah. Yesterday when you were getting married, when you were looking for an apartment, when you were looking for a college to go to, when you were applying for whatever it is that you applied for, your Medicaid car, your insurance card, all of these things, who did you ask yesterday? You made dua to Allah. And today when Allah gives it to you, you forget about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Unfortunately, this is the state of mankind. Wallahi Al azim go to a person that's healthy today, right? The world is full of healthy people, alhamdulillah. Go to a person that's healthy today, and ask them that, did you not ask Allah for health? They'll say, yes, I did. I did ask Allah for health. I made that du'a to Allah. You ask them, what are you doing with that health? Have you used this body of yours in the last week to do sajda in front of Allah? Have you used this body of yours in the last week to talk about the deen of Allah, to invite someone to Islam? We're like zombies in the world. We forgot about all of the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we live a meaningless, purposeless life. We think that somehow we will find meaning if we get a better job and get married and live in a nice house. And that is absolute rubbish. It's nonsense. It's trash. Go and ask someone who has a house. Go and ask someone who's married. Go and ask someone that has a job. That Did you become happy all of a sudden when you, when you got your house? Does that happen? Yes, no? It doesn't happen. You don't get happy if you, if you have a house. Go and ask someone who has a job. Does your life get easier the day you get your job? Adil? It doesn't. Your responsibilities increase, you move on with life. One, tra- one difficulty transitions into another difficulty, and you move on. That's just life for you. Now on the other hand, go to someone who has done sajda in front of Allah properly, who has worshipped Allah properly. You'll meet people who spent their entire life, you know, as in Urdu we say, dunya like just after the dunya, just running after the dunya, after wealth. That's what they spent their entire life doing. Then at some point they came to the masjid. They went for hajj, they went to Amrah, they started reading the Qur'an. You ask them what was the better part of their life, by Allah they'll tell you that the part they spent with Allah was better for them. Going to work every day was one meaning, but going to the masjid every day holds a whole different meaning. Qarun began to ignore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When people asked him, how did you become so wealthy? He said, to ala ilmin indi. I gained all of this wealth because of my knowledge. He forgot to mention Who? He forgot to mention Allah, that Allah was the one who gave you this wealth. You didn't do it out of your own willing, out of your own will. Now, when he said إنما أُتِيهُهُ على علمٍ عندي, قتادة مقاتل إن الكلبي kalbi الله مفسرون, they said كانوا قارون أقرأ بني إسرائيل التوراة that when he says, I got, this knowledge, I got this wealth because of my knowledge, he is making reference to his knowledge of the Torah, that he was a very knowledgeable person when it came to the Torah, and he used that knowledge and acquired this wealth. This is one, one opinion. فقال, that it was because of the virtue of my knowledge that Allah gave me so much wealth, because I became very knowledgeable. So Allah had to give me wealth. Thaniha, the second group of scholars they say when he says that I got all of this wealth due to my knowledge what that actually means قَالَ السَّعِيدُ بِالْمُسَيِّبُ كَانَ مُوسَىٰ عَلَيْهِ عِلْمُ الكيمية مِنَ السَّمَاءُ that the, the knowledge of alchemy was given to Musa salam are you guys familiar with the concept of alchemy? where you turn m- m- metals into gold so they say that the knowledge of alchemy alchemy was given to Sayyidina Musa salam فَعَلْنَمَ قَارُونَ ثُرُثَ الْعِلْمِ ويوشع بِالنُّونَ ثلثه وَكَالِبْ ثلثه. So Musa taught one third of it to one person, one third of it to a second person, and one third of it to a third person. Ahuma قَارُونُ قَارُونَ deceived the two, حَتَّى أَضَافِ عِلْمَهُمَا إِلَىٰ عِلْمِهِ And he acquired their knowledge. فَكَانَ يَأْخُذُ الرَّصَاصِ فَيَ so he would now take different metals, copper and different metals, and he would take them and turn them into gold. Therefore, that's how he gained so much wealth. وثالثة, other ulama they say, And this is the common interpretation given by the Mufassirun, that when he says that I acquired all of this wealth due to my knowledge, this refers to his knowledge of business. He was a good businessman. He understood trading. He understood numbers. You know, there are some people that are just good with numbers. They can do their numbers while they're walking, while they're drinking coffee. And others of us, we aren't good at numbers. And those who are good at numbers, all in all, they end up making more of their wealth. And others, we think we're making wealth, but in reality, we're not making any wealth at all. We're actually digging ourselves deeper and deeper and deeper. That's why you have to make sure your finance department is strong. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after Qarun said that I was given this wealth due to my knowledge, right after that Allah says, ay al-mal. That does he not know that Allah destroyed so many people before him who had more strength and more wealth than he did? Now why is Allah mentioning this? Because just right now he was boasting about his knowledge and Allah says, You don't know this much? You were just talking right now about how much knowledge you have that you gain all of this wealth because of your knowledge. If you had even an elementary basic level of knowledge, you would know one thing, that people before you were destroyed and if you don't get your act straight. And if you don't get your act straight, you will also be destroyed. People who are, who are arrogant in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who challenge Allah like this, don't last too long. Go look at the story of, 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 uh, of uh, Namrud. Go and look at the story of Fir'aun. This happened yesterday. These guys were wealthy, strong people. They were arrogant. Look how Allah squashed them. Somehow you think that you're any different.